On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, the first white interior Model 3 is spotted, and I'll tell you all about the little details. Plus, the first couple Model 3 accessories have been revealed, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 107 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for August 20th, 2017. Uh, I am Ryan McCaffrey. Good to be with you once again. And I uh, just actually, just before recording this, had dinner with Ride the Lightning listener Nick from Ohio and his lovely wife and had a wonderful time. I have to say, it's been, I've, I've been able to meet a few of you here and there uh, in sort of various ways under various circumstances. And it has just been a treat. You know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have had a long career so far in the video game space, but, but getting into the world of Tesla, again, you know, I'm not an owner yet. I don't own a Tesla as of now, but through this podcast, I've been able to, you know, contribute a little something, I hope, to the Tesla community and, and start to meet some of you fine folks. And and uh, it really has been wonderful because it, it just, again, I have nothing else to compare it to, but it reminds me of the DeLorean community that I was so fortunate to be a part of for so long where, you know, the DeLorean was a car because of, of course, Back to the Future and its sort of quirky history. The DeLorean and the fact that DeLorean doesn't cost $100,000, it really brought all walks of life together, you know, young, old, rich, not so rich. Everybody loved the DeLorean. A lot of people loved the DeLorean. It wasn't just sort of a, you know, rich super guy car. And yes, I mean, the, the Teslas, as we have known them so far, have been uh, a bit more upmarket. But, but the people that I talk to, you know, because the car is tech, because it, it is, uh, you know, it's a car for nerds like me. It's a car for, for enthusiast car guys. It's... Uh, it's really, I, I'm seeing the same thing, a similar thing as with DeLorean, where it's really all walks of life uh, with the, that are drawn to Tesla and that, that we share this, this common passion. And I think it's, it's just really fantastic. So thank you, Nick, uh, for, for meeting me while you were visiting San Francisco. And I had a fantastic time getting to know you face-to-face -face a little bit. And before I move on, one other quick note this week. Last week, thanks to the handful of you that, that wrote me, the pace car, that was the thing I was trying to think of that I was blanking out on. The pace car is that car that leads, you know, all the, the cars on the, the, the warm, sort of warm-up of the track at the Indy 500. Pace car is what I was thinking of. So thanks, folks, who, who corrected me. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to this week's Tesla news. I want to start with something, uh, again, that I've very much got my eye on. Those of you who've been listening for a little while know that I'm very keen. Uh, I'm, I'm taking quite an interest in the white interior Model 3. It was the interior that was featured in the Silver Alpha prototype. It is offered now in the Model X as well as the Model S. I, I adore it. You know, hey, it's subjective. Some people might not like it at all. That's totally fine. Uh, but the white interior, we did confirm at the delivery event back on July 28th that it would be coming this fall. And we've gotten our first 
look at a look at it in a Model 3 that's not the prototype. So this is a good idea of what it's going to look like in a production car. Um, the first pictures were not a good look because they were at night. Uh, however, a, a day or two later, more photographs were posted of it on the road in broad daylight. So uh, still not an, a, an excellent look at it, you know, so it was parked at a supercharger in the nighttime pictures, but it was on the road in the daytime pictures. So uh, not I an ideal look at the interior either way just yet. But what we are able to tell so far is for sure there's no wood trim on the dash, uh, which we've seen in every single Model 3 thus far. That is part of the premium package, at least the premium, premium package with the black interior. Uh, the dashboard trim is a white material. It's tough to tell what it is, if it's just a uh, like the same type of stuff that's the sort of synthetic that they're using on the door panels, or if it's some other kind of uh, white, ultra white material to match the seats. But it is definitely not the, the wood decor. And if you, so I went and looked, had some help from, from the Tesla Motors Club forum on this. If you go and look at photographs of the aforementioned silver alpha prototypes dashboard, from there's good pictures right on Google image search from the March 31st, 2016 reveal event. Uh, you get a good look at, at the, the dashboard and, and it's the exact same thing. A white uh, piece of uh, dashboard facade or trim, you know, sort of a, a, fa a facing material on the front of the dashboard, uh, the white that matches the rest of the car. So it seems like they've stuck very, very closely to the Alpha on that, as far as the dashboard go, goes, because obviously the interior has changed a bit otherwise since the white interior Alpha prototype. You know, and by that I'm referring to the center console. The center console design uh, has changed a bit since the Alpha prototype. So uh, I actually love seeing that because, again, I, I'm not a huge fan of that wood decor. I would happily take a strip of that white synthetic material rather than that wood grain. I think that's, uh, especially obviously with the white interior, that's going to pair pretty nicely. Again, I encourage you to go look at the pictures of the prototype because that appears to give us a very, very good idea. Also, there's, a, there's some other key differences here, uh, at least rather than comparing to the prototype, comparing, although also to the prototype, but comparing to production S and X now, the headliner in this white interior Model 3 is, a, uh, is light material. It is not a black headliner uh, that, that you get with the ultra-white interior in the Model S and the Model X. Now, what that serves is, again, this, this is going solely on the daytime pictures, which, I as I mentioned, is of the car in motion, so not a clear, clear look at the interior, but you can tell it has a light headliner. Can't see the carpeting, obviously. But uh, the, the educated guess here is that it's the same lighter material. Uh, it, it's basically the same interior as the black seats, except it's uh, with the, the difference being the dashboard and the seats themselves. Uh, I, I would suspect that uh, it 
simplifies production, which as we know, that is the altar that Tesla worships at these days is simplifying production. So I really do hope though, that there is a choice added uh, alongside the availability of those white seats, a choice to have dark headliner and, and dark carpeting to go with it. Because if you look at the Model S or Model X, again, it's subjective, right? It's an interior color. Everybody's going to have a different take on it. I don't pretend that my opinion is fact, and I don't, I don't pretend that I speak for anyone but myself. But I will say that for my tastes, the, if you look at the S and the X, the black headliner and black carpeting and then the white seats and white you know, door panel trim, it really makes that ultra white pop from both inside the car and outside the car. I really, really love the look of it. So Elon Musk, if you happen to be somehow listening to this podcast, please offer the black headliner uh, and and just you know the the ultra the black interior uh, materials to help nicely contrast the ultra white seats and ultra white trim. So we'll see how that pans out. But for now, it does look like uh, it's going to be white seats, white da- white dash trim, and light headliner. I will say though, in its defense, uh, it does make the whole. Just from the picture, this is without even seeing it in person, seeing and getting a really good look at it, but it, it obviously makes the entire interior look pretty, you know, light and airy, you know, rather than uh, dark and cavernous. So it, it does have a very sort of almost, I know this again, this is subjective and I'm interpreting it based probably looking way too much into this, but it did have a very, just because you can, you can contrast between the the S and the X with the dark headliner and dark interior, other materials uh, off the white seats. It does have a kind of more airy, light um, kind of feel to it. So if it's, if it doesn't end up being offered with the, with darker material around it, I'm certainly not going to complain. I'm still going to get it. And uh, yeah, maybe it'll maybe it'll end up working out. I mean, it's again, I, I figure it's it's a simplicity thing, it's a manufacturing thing, so they don't have to put different headliner materials on different cars. We shall see. Um, as a semi aside to this, before I move on to the next story, I know it's not necessarily an apples to apples thing, but we know for sure that the white interior is expected to be available this fall. That is what Tesla has has set the expectation of publicly. And with that in mind, it was now just spotted this week in public for the first time on a release candidate vehicle. So we saw these 20-inch sport wheels last week in public for the first time on a release candidate car. I wonder if there's any chance that those 20-inch sport wheels may be on a similar timeline. If we may see those 20-inch sport wheels made available for purchase sooner rather than later. I sure hope so. I hope they're there. As long as they're there by the time I go to order my car, that's uh, that's what I'm looking for. All right, uh, next story this week is actually also about wheels. That was accidentally a really good segue. We have more evidence now that the aero wheels those 18-inch wheels that come on the Model 3 by default, are in fact wheel covers, as everyone very, very, very strongly suspects. So a production car 
And in fact, it was the same uh, multi-coat red Model 3 that was, that was photographed last week in public. And the reason we know that is because it has a vanity plate on it uh, that's, that was, so that's how you know. I mean, that's, that's the only way to know, but it's a, it's a pretty good indicator. So that car was photographed with 19-inch sport wheels a week or two ago. And this week, it was photographed at Tesla with the, uh, those asterisk design wheels that we saw on many of the release candidate Model 3s. It, now, those wheels, uh, those asterisk wheels were dark gray, which matches the aero wheel. So, not sure if that's a factory thing or if the owner had them powder coated. They kind of look powder coated to the naked eye. But um, if you remember back to those release candidates, when we did see those aero wheel covers, they had a silver ring around the edge of the rim. And a lot of people were not fond of that. Uh, and we've since been seeing, more recently been seeing 18-inch aero wheels on Model 3s that don't have a silver ring around them. So maybe they're not powder-coated after all. And the, the wheel is, in fact, a dark gray to match the aero wheel cover so that, so that you don't get that silver ring. And if you take them off, that's what you get. Now, this owner, uh, this, this presumably Tesla employee, given not only the early VIN of the car, but also, of course, where it's been photographed, uh, it had sort of this lug nut uh, covers on them as well as the, a, a, a logo center hub with the, the Tesla T logo on there. So it looks like they kind of prettied them up a little bit. Rather, you know, uh, It's tough to tell yet. If that's something that Tesla just gives you with the car, probably not. I suspect this, my guess is that this owner did that on his or her own. In fact, I'm going to say his only because the, li- the vanity license plate that I mentioned a minute ago is his Model 3. So I presume they have a reservation for uh, the spouse as well that may be her Model 3 and the plate they have for that one. But uh, either way... It's it looked pretty nice, you know the the dark gray off of uh, with those aster that asterisk asterisk design. Boy, if I can say it properly, because a lot of people I know that arrow wheel design is uh, very, shall we say, controversial. Not necessarily well liked universally in the Tesla community and by Model Three reservation holders. The point is, it looks like this is going to be a viable option for those of you who don't like the arrow wheels but don't necessarily want to spend the $1,500 on those 19-inch sport wheels, or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's you don't want to deal with the more expensive 19-inch tire costs when you have to replace the the tires on those 19-inch sport wheels. So some good news there if you are uh, trying to make a wheel decision on your Model 3. It looks like you you kind of have another option built into the default option. On the topic of wheels, I want to take a call now from Chris in Los Angeles. He is one of the people who doesn't like those aero wheels, uh, but has a sort of uh, a related question to that about swapping wheels. So, Chris, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. It's Chris from Los Angeles. Uh, I'm a Tesla Model 3 Day 1 reservation holder, and uh, much like you, I'm not a huge fan of the aero wheels. 
and plan on either upgrading the 19-inch sport wheels or uh, possibly getting my own wheels after um, I get my Model 3. Uh, my question is, is there any kind of warranty issues with, uh, if I were to get the aero wheels, to change the wheels afterwards to an aftermarket wheel? Um, kind of wondering if that could be a way to uh, circumvent the issues of paying the $1,500 to upgrade to 19 sport wheels because um, I really prefer the uh, black rims um, and wheels for, for my cars. Um, so um, that's my question. Thank you so much, and uh, keep up the great work. Chris, thank you for the call. Given what I have just talked about prior to your call, take a look at the pictures online if you get a chance and see what you think, because it could be exactly what you're looking for. As to your question about warranty issues, I believe as you're running, as long as you are running something that's Tesla spec, uh, in other words, not a 21-inch wheel crammed in there, you shouldn't have any problem with the warranty like with regard to your suspension. Now, it's very possible, I, I couldn't find this, uh, but so I, I'm not saying this for certain, but it may be possible that if you use any non-Tesla wheel, it could uh, threaten your, your warranty with regard to uh, related things like the suspension or the brakes, for instance. Uh, so, you know, be careful. Try to Maybe ask around at Tesla before you, like when you're purchasing your car. But uh, I can't imagine, either way, I can't imagine anything else warrantied on the car. You know, the battery, the the sound system, anything like that uh, would be affected by your choice of, of factory or aftermarket wheels. On to the next story this week, and that is this. Tesla is offering home charging installation in a handful of test markets. So this comes via Electrek. If you are in Nevada, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Vermont, Delaware, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Connecticut, so pretty much the entire northeastern seaboard and Nevada, uh, you now have the option to pay Tesla directly to get your home charging situation set up. Uh, and you can buy, you know, include it with the price of your car, and uh, you know, they're going to handle it. They're going to have it handled. So this is from Tesla's website in those markets when you're ordering. It says, Tesla will install a 240-volt outlet near your parking spot, providing up to 25 miles of range per hour of charge. Most installations cost $1,000. If your home requires electrical upgrades or other trade work to accommodate charging, additional charges may apply. You may also upgrade to a wall connector for a higher rate of charge, end quote. And if you were playing a drinking game in that paragraph with the word charge, congratulations, you're wasted. <laughs> they used the word charge quite a bit, uh, whether they were talking about electricity or money. Uh, anyway... This uh, $1,000 seems a little unreasonably expensive, which, in my opinion, it's, is rather unlike Tesla. Tesla is, uh, with, with stuff like this, they've, they've generally been pretty fair. I mean, the, the high-power wall connector has gone 
quite a bit down in price over the years, and it's now $500 or $550 if you get the one with the super long cable. I mean, I had a, uh, I've told you all before, I had a NEMA 1450, a 50-amp 50 circuit, 50-amp 50 out, uh, outlet put in my garage, which I have tr proven this. I've had a Model S in there on rare occasion that I've told you about before. Uh, it charges, does uh, NEMA 1450 outlet will do about 3132 miles per hour charge. And that installation with a professional electrician cost me $300. Not a thousand, 300. Granted, it, I will say it was the easiest installation possible because my electrical box was literally right next to where I wanted the outlet. So it could not, could not have been simpler for the electrician in that regard. Uh, but nevertheless, it was cost me $300 and I live in the most expensive city in the country. So $1,000 with room for Tesla to charge you more if necessary, uh, as they stipulate there, and, you, and to only get a 25 mile per hour outlet out of that seems pretty steep to me. So hopefully, since this is a test market scenario, they have not rolled this out nationwide, let alone worldwide, hopefully Tesla is going to adjust the price down on this as they do more installations or don't get many uh, takers in, the, in those test markets. So probably either of those things. They'll either, you know, the, the, the takers they do get, they'll sort of figure out what the, you know, they'll do cost analysis on that stuff. And, or if they just don't get a lot of takers, they'll know, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe we're charging a little much here. So I do really hope that that price comes down. Hopefully, hopefully a good bit. I mean, I, you know, I, I was able to get it mine done for 300. Uh, and by the way, that thousand does not include a wall connector. If you want that, that's an additional charge. So, um, you know, uh, Tesla, if you're out there, let's let's work on that. Let's let's cut that price in half. I, you know, I I'd be willing for for sort of the convenience of it. I'd be willing to pay a, a tad more just to have Tesla do it themselves. Then they're sort of you know you're getting a the the guaranteed thing effectively, but uh, not gonna pay that kind of premium. So hopefully they'll sort it out. A price that is pretty reasonable, though, is the price Tesla is charging for the Model 3 car cover. That was added to the Tesla online store this past week. And for either an indoor or an outdoor cover, it'll cost you 300 bucks, which I actually found pretty fair. Uh, I paid about, if I remember right, I paid 250 for a, a really, really nice custom-fit DeLorean car cover. And that was over a decade ago. That was years ago. So 300 it, it seems reasonable, seems pretty fair to me. Here's the description for the indoor cover. Stretch satin fits your Tesla like a glove, hugging its contours and protecting the paint finish from dings, scratches, and dust that are imminent with indoor storage. I would probably add cats walking on it uh, onto that, because I've... I've heard from friends and seen many a picture of uh, cats like to roam around in garages and, and, and drag dirty footprints over, over people's cars. Uh, convenient charge port openings allow for connection to an outlet and ventilated mesh allow for airflow 
while charging. So yeah, it is cool. They've got a, a thing built into the car cover so you can still plug it in even with that indoor car cover on there. Uh, and then the, the air intake on the bottom front of the air dam on the front of the car uh, is, is ventilated mesh there to, uh, to allow the car to, to vent if, it is, uh, if you're parking, if it's hot. And then the description for the outdoor car cover is shield your Tesla from the harshest of elements with this outdoor car cover with a middle layer of thermoplastic polyurethane and two outer layers of woven polyester. The cover allows for breathability while providing the best water resistance available today. Convenient charge port openings allow for connection to an outlet and ventilated mesh allow for airflow while charging. So same thing as on the uh, indoor cover there. So uh, could be for those of you who may be getting your Model 3 uh, at the end of the year, or even if you're not, even if you're expecting it a bit later into 2018, you might want to nudge your significant other if you if a car cover is on your wish list, either you know indoor or outdoor for whatever your purpose may be. That could be a you know might want to nudge. That could be a good gift from Santa because your your uh, your significant other, your Santa, can just go right onto Tesla's website and order it, and then uh, you can you can get it over the holidays as a gift. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge. A couple of more quick stories here. If I happen to have any listeners in Luxembourg, be on the lookout for two Model S's as police patrol cars in the town of the city or town. Uh, I'm probably going to screw this up. I apologize in advance. Grand Ducale. It's D-U-C-A-L-E. I'm not quite sure what the proper pronunciation for that for Luxembourg would be. Uh, but they are getting, as I said, two Model S's as patrol cars. No word if they're P100Ds or not to run down anyone who, try, who, uh, who, who runs afoul of the law. But even if they're not, odds are, you know, 100D, you're going you're gonna to pretty well catch, you're going to catch most people pretty quickly in those. So that'll be cool to see once, once people inevitably start photographing them in the wild and, and putting pictures up on social media. Speaking of international news, if you're an Australian listener of mine, and I know you're out there, I hear from several of you, you may want to go to a new page on Tesla's website, and that page is tesla.com slash Tesla Tiny House. All one word. Yes, you heard me correctly. Tesla Tiny House. Tesla is taking a Model X on tour in Australia, and that Model X is towing a tiny house behind it that is powered by solar panels and a power wall, and it's built with sustainable materials. So it is a completely sustainable energy, quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes here, home. (laughs) Tesla says, quote, the tour is designed to provide a one-on-one educational experience on how to integrate power wall and solar to seamlessly power an entire home 24-7, allowing Australian consumers to gain control and understanding of their power use. And my only thought here after looking at the pictures of this was, in San Francisco, they could get a million dollars for that house. Someone would pay a million bucks to live in that. That's uh, that's how crazy our real estate is. But no, seriously, uh, so that's a neat little uh, sort of road show that Tesla's running. We know that that solar is is uh, very popular, more more popular, more prevalent 
in Australia uh, than than in other nations as as the rest of us. You know, we're all we're all moving forward with it, but Australia leader of the pack on that. So Tesla out to try and sell some power walls and some solar panels and hopefully solar roof tiles, I presume as well, uh, with the Tesla tiny house. Do check out that way. You should take a look at that web page, even if you're not in Australia, just to see it because it's 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 adorable. That's the best word I can come up with for it. Finally, this week in the news, if you have an autopilot hardware to Tesla, uh, be it an S. X, or yes, all the Model 3s. If you, you know, if you have a Model 3 and you're listening to this podcast, please call in. <laughs> I would love to talk to you about your car. Uh, yes, the, those who've taken the first deliveries, the Tesla employees and sort of those, those uh, founder level investors, they have, uh, they've shared a few details here and there on social media, but I've reached out to a couple of them to try and get interviews uh, for the podcast about their, not only their Model 3, but about sort of their experience. If, you know, if these people are either employees or, or uh, in the people I've reached out to's case, big time early investors in Tesla, there are a lot of, there's a neat conversation to be had there about, you know, believing in Tesla from the early stage and, and all the money that they have no doubt made on that investment. So uh, anyway, yeah, if you have a Model 3, please call in and let me know and, or email in and let me know and Let's talk, shall we? But in any case, uh, the autopilot, the hardware two cars got an update this week that you probably already know about, but in case you hadn't looked at the release notes, and it's, this is the relevant part for the rest of us that, that uh, don't have either hardware two cars or Teslas at all, they've added in auto high beams for this, which uh, brings hardware two even closer to parity with hardware one. Almost all of the features from hardware one or now in the, in the hardware two cars. So if you're not familiar, the auto high beam is if you have your high beams on and uh, the car detects another car uh, coming, it will actually switch off the high beams. And then as soon as the car is gone and your car doesn't sense it anymore, it'll put your high beams back on for you. So that's kind of, it's a nice little thing. Uh, I'm trying to remember who's somebody's Tesla I was driving that had that. It must have been a hardware one car. I don't remember when, but in any case, uh, again, so that will be there. The other relevant point to make about that is since it's there been added this week, that means all of us, when we take delivery of our Model 3s, that feature will indeed be there, which is fantastic. All right, that is it for this week's Tesla news. I'm going to come right back after this to get to your fantastic calls in the Ride the Lighting hotline. And yes, it is another batch of fantastic calls. One, two, three, four, five, six of them, in fact, to go along with uh, Chris's excellent call that we already did earlier in the show. So be right back right after this. Support for Ride the Lightning and the following message come from Wonder Capital. Wonder Capital's online investment platform allows you to invest in solar energy projects across the U.S., earn up to 8.5% annually while also diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. With Wonder's help, individual investors like you financed more than 50 large-scale solar projects in 2017, which will offset the CO2 emissions from 14.2 million pounds of coal burned in the first year alone. 
You can begin investing with as little as $1,000. And best of all, Wonder Capital doesn't charge any investor fees. To learn more, create an account for free at wondercapital.com slash ride. That's W-U-N-D-E-R, wondercapital.com slash ride. Wonder Capital, do well and do good. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a Tesla question, comment, discussion topic, reply to another caller from last week, from this week, give me a call anytime, toll free at the Ride the Lightning Hotline. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-8752. You can also record your question right into your smartphone's voice memo recorder and just email me that file. And the email address for that is teslapodcast at gmail.com. But uh, the Ride the Lightning hotline is very easy to use as well. You just call and leave a message. And by the way, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Heath in North Carolina who uh, has a potentially very keen observation. We've all been wondering, where are the metal roof Model 3s? We haven't seen any, but Heath wonders if maybe we have. Heath, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Heath from North Carolina. You mentioned you've never seen a metal roof Model 3. However, during the handover event, the safety video compares a red Model 3 with an all-black roof versus a Volvo S60. Do you believe this is a roof option for the base Model 3? I haven't heard anyone else bring up the subject. Thanks for the great show. I've been a listener since day one and a Patreon subscriber. Heath, thank you so much for your call, and thank you very much for your support on Patreon. So I went back and looked at that video again, and it's tough to tell for sure. You may very well be correct. It's definitely not the same transparent glass roof that's on every other Model 3 we've ever seen. And I can't see any glass that cracks or shatters from up top when that crash test post impacts the car in the video. But the roof also isn't red like it would be on a production car. Now they do have like a sticker on it for, you know, that, that says uh, Tesla Model 3, 20 mile per hour test. And then the, the, like the, you know, that crash test tape, that like yellow, black, yellow and black tape on there. So maybe they just didn't paint the roof. But so it's, it's hard to know for sure. I just can't be sure, but I'm inclined to believe that you are in fact correct on this, Heath, because because of that glass factor that I mentioned. I, I just think there would, you know, I, the video is already in slow motion, so you kind of get a good look at it. So I would think that there'd be obvious cracking and, like I said, maybe breaking of glass on that roof if it was a glass roof being impacted by a pole from the side. But then again, it does, it says right in the video, I, I paused it there to make sure. It's a 20 mile per hour crash test, so maybe 20 miles per hour isn't fast enough to crack that glass roof, and it, it, it could be a glass roof, and there's just like a some sort of covering over it uh, with, you know, the, like I said, the, the tape the, the, and the, 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 the label on there. From, so it's, it's tough to know, but I, I do think you're, you might be very well correct on this, Heath, so 
good eye. Good eye on your part. Next is Eddie from Pennsylvania, who kindly calls in in response to our friend Mike from Charlottesville regarding what cold weather does to your Tesla battery pack. Eddie, take it away. Hello, Ryan. This is Eddie from Pennsylvania calling in to add to the conversation with Mike from Charlottesville about uh, cold climate driving. Um, my commute is around 40 miles uh, one way, and in the summertime, I get maybe 35 to 42 or 43 miles of range taken off with my regular drive. In the wintertime, this is closer to 60 Um there are some other things to be considered, though. I live in a relatively uh, high elevation, and when the vehicle is cold, uh, regen is limited. So where I get the added uh, bonus of going downhill and putting some energy back into the battery, I don't get that in the wintertime, as when the battery is cold, it limits the amount of regen you can put back in. So going down the hill, I use more brake than I do regen, and that effectively doesn't add or help with the range, causing it to de deplete quicker. Also, there uh, depends on your heat settings, where I have mine set at maybe 77 or 76, and the heat is, is coming out. When you have it on very high, there's also a pretty strong penalty typically uh, of around 8 to 10 miles for that hour trip if I have the heat blasting on high. Also, I thought I would add, uh, there's uh, a couple other things that a lot not, of not folks that live in a warmer climates don't realize, and that is with to do with the uh, preconditioning. So I don't have, I have a garage at home, but at work I have to park outside, and during a snow, I usually precondition my vehicle and warm it up. And what usually happens is takes care of the windows and I don't have to scrape anything, but if it's that cold outside, the melted liquid actually can go over the door handles and the sensors and freeze again, which will make it uh, getting into the vehicle difficult if you do preconditioning. Not really sure how that will affect the Model 3 as it's more of a hinge system and doesn't have these self-presenting handles that my S does, but it's definitely worth mentioning as uh, I've had more than one occasion where a sensor was going crazy, like if something was there based on the fact that ice had essentially frozen over it from my uh, windows that melted down the side of the car. But love the podcast. Just thought I would add to it and uh, have a great day. Eddie, thank you for your call. Some other listeners called or wrote in to say that it's about a third, which I believe is exactly what I had said on the show last week. But Eddie... You gave Mike and the rest of us all the info we need on that. So, Mike, I hope that helps you uh, now know exactly what to expect in your winter times out there. Uh, also, Mike, uh, if you would, by the way, would you mind emailing me? I wanted to discuss something with you uh, that you mentioned in your most recent phone call. So drop me an email, uh, Mike, if you get a chance, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Next up, Pete from Indianapolis he has a concern about uh, something he heard on the Q2 investor call that I chopped up and played you all the highlights from a couple of weeks back. So, Pete, what's on your mind? Hey, Ryan, this is Pete from Indianapolis. I just wanted to voice maybe a concern about the last investor call. Um, Elon had noted that it appeared that the 
reservations for S and X actually went up um, over the the last quarter of their um, evaluation. Um, but I'm kind of concerned about that long term. I'm an S owner and uh, had it, had the S for a year. It's an awesome car, as everybody out there knows. However, a lot of us, I suspect, um, stretch significantly to buy that car. I've never owned a car that was that expensive in my life. Um, the last car I had was probably thirty, forty thousand dollars cheaper. So I kind of wonder if the Model 3 is as good as they say and if it gets optioned out with a faster dual motor and, um, you know, all the bells and whistles, nicer wheels, etc. People like me are probably going to jump to a 3 because it's got the same interior room. It's going to be fast. It's going to be more maneuverable, actually, than the S, which is perhaps one of the only drawbacks of that car. So I'm not very bullish on the future of the S unless they make some significant changes. And that way, the people that still have the money to spend may want to opt for that car. But I think you're going to see a lot of us S owners, when our lease is up, we're going to shift to a Model 3. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I think you may be right about that, Pete. And here's the thing. I kind of doubt Tesla minds. We heard on that investor call that Tesla is, is uh, on their way to making a 25% margin per car on average with the Model 3, which is what they make on the S and the X. But if they make up for the lower price of the 3 with a significantly higher volume, I'm not sure it's going to matter. What I do think in response to your call is that we may already be seeing the ceiling of the Model S's market. I hope not. Uh, that, and that could be reaffirmed by the Model 3's presence. You know, There will always be luxury buyers who want the bigger car that has more storage space. If that number is 50,000 people a year, then guess what? Tesla's still the market leader there, as we've been seeing for the last couple of years. In fact, we've been seeing their market share uh, advantage grow on that. And personally, I think the X still has room to grow until it hits its market ceiling as a high-end luxury, you know, premium SUV. And then with the three in there and the Model Y on the way in the next two to three years, Tesla has plenty of room to sell many, many, many more cars. But fundamentally, I do agree that a lot of existing Tesla, uh, meaning uh, S owners, may very well go to the Model 3 instead when their time comes. I, I would look for a big, big interior refresh on the Model S in the next year or two, in my opinion. Now, we've, we already see in the 3, there are some, again, little creature comforts that the 3 has inside that the S and X don't. Talking about uh, you know, storage in the door pockets, Talking about uh, in the the on the back seat pockets on the back of the front seats, uh, stuff like that. The the oh, the adjustable height seat belts for the for the front two seats. Those kinds of things that we don't even have uh, yet in the S and the X. So I I think a significant interior redesign is coming. We know you know you remember I did a story must have been probably sometime last year. The Tesla hired the guy from Volvo who was sort of the, their, their interior guy. 
So uh, I, I have to imagine that that person is hard at work on a, a significant rethink of the Model S interior, particularly uh, in, the, in the same vein of this ultra-minimalist interior that the Model 3 has. Now, the 3, part of the reason the, the 3 is a minimalist interior is for cost, you know, so that they, they just have, it's fewer things, easier to build, you know, there's no instrument cluster. You know, the, the S will probably have, well, not probably, it will definitely have more bells and whistles, but I would still expect the interior in the, in the S and the, eventually the X to simplify while still having all of the cool bells and whistles and being uh, being a, a an interior more befitting of a $100,000 car. Pete, thank you for that call. Next is Kenny from Virginia, who is looking to get into the business of installing superchargers. The question is, can I help Kenny out? Kenny, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. This is Kenny from Virginia. I've been listening to your show for a while now, and I really like what you're doing. Really appreciate you putting together a nice, solid podcast for us to listen to and get good information about Tesla and what's going on in the EV community. A question that I had was, I'm looking to start a business here in the near future. Installing superchargers is what I would love to do. I've been looking to get into the energy market, in particular the renewable energy market for a while. And I was wondering if you had any idea how to become an installer for Tesla. Is this something that they just get a general contractor to do, or is it just the Tesla company itself having these guys go out and install these superchargers? If you can give me some input on that, I'd great, be greatly appreciate it. I'd love to hear it. Thanks. I look forward to hearing your answer. Well, Kenny, to the best of my knowledge, superchargers, uh, specifically superchargers, are handled by Tesla, but I'm reasonably confident that they hire contractors and electricians locally to do that work. I, I honestly, I tried, looked into this. I wish I could be more helpful, but uh, I couldn't find any, any real direct points of contact here or, or uh, really particularly specific information. I would say it can't, it can't hurt to reach out to Tesla to see if you can if you can get in touch with the right person because after all their mission is to accelerate the transition to sustainable energy and you want to help them do that so uh, that is in, it is in Tesla's interest to maybe try and get you know help you out uh, help you help them wherever possible I go if you go to tesla.com/contact there's a form you can fill out I would fill that out you know briefly state what you're trying to do and uh and hopefully somebody will get back to you and and good luck on your endeavor there two more calls for you let's start with jeff in montreal who calls in about the new motors for model three let's talk about that jeff you're on the air hey ryan this is jeff from montreal Uh, i wanted to comment on the new motors that tesla is using and the added advantage of the dual motors on three I read in the EPA documents that the 3 was using permanent magnet motors instead of induction as they use on the SNX currently. Uh, from what I've read, the main advantage for this switch is the gains in efficiency. And the main disadvantage I want to focus on is that these motors have a narrower window for optimal use of power. 
Elon has touched on this before when he said that the two motors had to be tuned differently. Um, my understanding is that the rear motor would be optimized for lower speeds and the front one for highway driving. This leads me to think that the bump in range might be more substantial on the 3 than on the S, especially on the highway. From what I understand, the gain in efficiency on the S is due to using the smaller motor for constant speeds, and that tuning plays a lesser role with induction motors. Uh, since I can't justify paying nine grand for range I would only take advantage of once or twice a year, I can't wait to see the bump in range with the D, in addition to the great traction in our Canadian winters. The S gets around a 3% bump, so I'm hoping that the 3 might get over 6%, giving the non-performant versions over 235 and 330 miles of range. That's my guess at the moment. Uh, I hope this isn't just wishful thinking on my part. I uh, love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks for the call, Jeff. I hadn't covered this yet because it hadn't been quite 100% confirmed, but it kind of seems like it, it really is now. So... The, the motors in the Model 3 appear to be a permanent magnet motor versus an AC induction motor the Tesla has used in every single other Tesla vehicle up until now. You summed up the deal with permanent magnet motors perfectly. Thank you for explaining it so concisely and clearly for, for all of us. So I'll only add to this that I'm not sure that the Model 3 long-range dual motor would necessarily quite get up to 330 miles because then you're right about where the Model S 100D is. And Tesla is going to want to keep people buying the uh, Model S 100D. Th then again, I was completely wrong, and by the way, so happy to be wrong, about the, uh, the Model 3 long-range battery not exceeding a 300 mile range. I, you know, I, I was multiple times I came on here and said, oh, I, I think they'll reserve 300 miles for Model S that you're going to have to buy an S if you want 300 miles of range. And I was delightfully wrong <laughs> in that case. So we'll see. I suspect we probably won't find out until next spring. Maybe uh, somebody will bring it up and Elon will say something on the, the Q4 conference call, which would happen uh, in like early February or maybe the Q1 2018 conference call, which would happen in early April. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the range on the dual motor is going to be. And also when the time comes, I'm very curious with the, the smaller, you know, it's a 75 to 80 kilowatt battery pack. I want to know what, what are the performance specs going to look like on the, I guess now we have to call it the, the PLRD. That doesn't really, that's not really a great acronym. We need, it's like, uh, Pat, I'd like to buy a vowel. It's like, <laughs> plurred. Now, the, the performance long-range dual motor, PLRD. Uh, very curious to see what the performance specs are going to be there. Uh, oh, hey, I hope I'm, I hope I'm uh, wrong on the conservative side for my estimate there, too. You recall, I said I figured around 3, 3.3, 3.4 seconds, 0 to 60 I, I hope it's quicker than that. That'd be awesome. Let's wrap things up with Richard in Australia, uh, who is, uh, since he last called in, Lisa Model S. Congratulations, Richard. And he has uh, a thought, suggestion, an idea, perhaps, a query about a, uh, an aftermarket product that Tesla could offer. So, Richard, 
Let's talk to you, sir. Go ahead. Hi there, Ryan. Uh, Richard here, formerly of Bournemouth in the UK and now living in Fremantle in Western Australia, where I finally managed to scrape together the means to lease an incredible Model S. Uh, anyway, I have two questions I wanted to ask. I've had to hypermile a few times on little mini road trips when the range estimates seemed like I'd had enough range, but then I've hit a strong headwind, it's gone dark, so I needed four beams on, it's gotten much colder, so I needed more heating on. Uh, I've managed to make it every time, but going slowly on dark single-lane country roads with road trains and other traffic moving quickly means it's dangerous to go too slowly. And what I could really do with it is a portable backup battery of around 20 kilowatt hours, and that would dramatically reduce my bucket factor. And I could just pull over if I got really low and give it a fast DC charge. And I know I can get portable batteries like this from China, but they're really expensive, and I'd much rather have an official one from Tesla. I'd have thought Tesla could make a good portable charger if they wanted to, particularly for places like Western Australia where there aren't any superchargers yet. I've tweeted Tesla and Elon a couple of times about this, but I've had no response. I wondered if you'd ever come across any sort of Tesla response about this idea, because I haven't ever seen anything. Um, my second question was about the motors used in the Model 3. I mean, fantastic car, and in some ways, I think, better than the S, but I was really surprised to see they moved to permanent magnet motors. I know there's a significant stigma with using any rare earth metals, though I discovered the neodymium they're using is about as common as lead or tin, so the name is misleading, but I'm still surprised they moved away from induction motors to the 3, and I wondered if they'll make that change in the S and X too. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, that's it. Anyway, still loving the show. I never miss an episode, and thanks for all you do. Richard, thanks for the call. For your first question, I honestly don't see Tesla ever selling a portable pack like you're describing, and it's for one reason. It's not because it wouldn't necessarily be useful. It's because it would undermine, it would project the image of undermining their faith in their own product. Not on purpose, mind you, but that's how it would absolutely be interpreted. We know the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that surrounds, that, pe that people want to, you know, spread about Tesla. We know that all the naysayers out there looking to, looking to take a shot, looking to snipe uh, at Tesla. There is just no, I do not see any way in which Tesla sells a sort of after, you know, a, a portable charge kit for, even in your perfectly valid use case, of Australia, where you don't have your supercharger network is not ideal at this stage in time, uh, and and maybe something like that would come in handy, but I just don't see them doing it because uh, people it would just be torn to shreds. I mean, this is not a quite a one to one apples to apples comparison here, but you know you don't see you don't see uh, other car companies selling gas canisters. To their customers, though you can buy them elsewhere. But uh, the point is, I think it would something like that would be used against Tesla the moment they offered something like that. Good news, though, the supercharger network is growing; it's tripling worldwide. Uh, hopefully, your your concern here will be moot in the nearish future. I know. Again, I know down in Australia, you're not quite getting the same. Uh, you're not getting the, the infrastructure upgrades at the same rate that the U.S. and Europe is from Tesla, but it is on the way. Now, as to the permanent magnet motors that we talked about a minute ago, them about them going on to the S and the X, I think it's going to depend. Uh, it's, it's certainly in Tesla's financial interest because if they're cheaper motors to make, particularly in the huge quantity that they're going to that they're making them I mean if they're going to be selling 
half a million Model 3s a year or more, that is, that's a whole lot of motors because, you know, you'll, you'll have, uh, let's say a quarter of those cars are dual motor cars, which means, let's see, you're looking at uh, 625,000 motors a year just for Model 3, and the S and the X are all dual motor standard now. So that's two motors per car, every car. So Tesla could certainly improve their margins on the S and the X. The question is, you know, the S is built, and the X too, they're built for higher performance. Uh, Will, you know, would the permanent magnet motor make sense for the needs of the S and the X? And and maybe they will. Uh, Maybe it will at some point. So we'll keep our eye on that for sure. But I I think there is a very reasonable chance it... It'll only be, I mean, it makes sense cost-wise. It makes sense production efficiency-wise. Um, although I guess not, not necessarily because the S, the S, X, and 3 are all on different production lines. But it definitely makes sense from a, a supply, you know, the, the economy of scale perspective. But, um, yeah, I, I, doubt, I doubt they're going to do it anytime soon. Especially, they're still on the 18650 battery cells because they still have their contract with Panasonic. You know... Elon has said that they're going to be sticking with that cell for the, for the foreseeable future, but it certainly makes sense that at some point when that contract is up that Tesla will use their own cells from their own Gigafactory in the S and the X, and it would probably make sense to make those 2170 cells. But all, yeah, a lot of potential, you know, between battery cells, motors, and maybe an interior re- rethink, the, uh, the S could see some significant changes in the next one to two years. I mean, it, it changes every month, right? Sometimes in ways that we see, sometimes in ways that we don't see. But there could very well be... A, the Model S of, of 2019 could be drastically different uh, in, you know, from, a, from, again, things you can see and things you can't to the Model S of today. It's, uh, it's always fascinating to, to watch the, the progress of this. Because, again, Tesla moves so fast. So fast for for mostly better, sometimes for worse. But uh, there you go. Thank you for the call, Richard, and thank you everybody for calling in. A reminder: Yeah, if you want to call in, participate. You got a question, comment, discussion topic. You can uh, very easily record your question on your smartphone on the voice recorder and email me Tesla Podcast at g- uh, gmail.com. or you can dial the toll free Ride the Lightning hotline and just leave your message. That number is 1-888-989-8752. Couple of final things when I get back right after this. All right, I want to start by mentioning abstractocean.com. They've still got their coupon code. They're 20% off. Uh, coupon for listeners of this podcast is available. If you're in the market for Tesla accessories, maybe an interior uh, lighting kit, upgrade uh, to your interior lighting for your S or the, the X, or uh, they've got cool stuff like uh, land, Tesla lanyards, if, uh, whether you own a, a Tesla or not. Take a look at abstractocean.com for some neat Tesla accessories and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 20% off of your order. If you're buying a Model S or Model X, 
get $1,000 off and free unlimited lifetime supercharging by using our friend Gordon from Hawaii's referral code. You type this into your web browser and it will uh, get that enabled for you. It is ts.la slash Gordon1872. Or if you happen to be in a Tesla store speaking to a Tesla sales advisor, you can just give them that code when you're buying your car. Gordon1872 for $1,000 off your Tesla and free unlimited lifetime supercharging. I would be mighty grateful if you would take a look at my Patreon page. Uh, if you'd like to see about supporting the podcast, if you, if you get a lot out of it each and every week, hopefully a lot of information, maybe a, lot of, uh, maybe a little bit of entertainment here and there as well. I've got a Patreon page uh, there. Take a look, patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And I want to thank the uh, list of folks who are supporting me at the $20 level or higher each and every month. Those folks are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Merrickle, Kyle Stover, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, Harold Plug, Jason Chalukas, Charlie Payne, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Andreas Cohen, and Sean Fournier. Thank all of you so, so much for your continued support on Patreon. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can always email me as well, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you are not already subscribing to the podcast, that is, of course, that's free. It's just, it'll just auto-download to you. That's what subscribing means. You don't have to go out and hunt it down for yourself. Uh, You can subscribe on most major podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or there are uh, individual MP3s, or pick up the RSS feed on the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. All right. Uh, Thanks to everybody for another week of Tesla News. Thanks for tuning in. It's always fun. We are heading into, my goodness, next week is officially like late August. The year is moving right along. You guys are going to have Model 3s before you know it. And uh, we'll talk about that, obviously. I'm going to be asking... Those of you who get, who get their, your cars, I would love for you to just call in, leave messages, you know, brief, brief sort of uh, uh, share a little about your car and how you're liking it because I just think your enthusiasm when you get, if you leave me like a one to two minute message when you get your car, that, there's, that enthusiasm will be palpable in your voice and that will make, you know, the rest of us will feel good for you, and uh, that enthusiasm will help fuel us as we wait uh, for for our cars. So we'll get that started. I know mean, we should start seeing deliveries at a reasonable clip, probably October-ish. I think we've got about two months to go before, you know, a, 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 a sizable sample of my audience starts to get their cars. November for sure. December should be a good a good lot of you as well. So anyway, we'll talk more about that. But in the meantime, happy electric motoring, and I'll see you guys next week. 